evening, good evening, and thank you for joining us this evening. We welcome you to Zion Hill Church Family Bible Study. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we have been studying all the books of the Bible. We started out from Genesis, and we are hoping to finish the whole Bible before the year is over. Today we're going to be talking about the book of Isaiah. That's how far we have gone. The book of Isaiah is a very deep, deep book. First, I'd like to give you some background to this book because when you have a big picture, it makes things much, much easy to understand. What do you need to know by way of background or what I would call historical background? When we talk about Israel, you need to understand that the whole country started from one man. There's a gentleman by the name Abraham. God called him and God made a deal with him. We call it a covenant. And God promised him he would give him a piece of land, which we call the promised land. And God also told him or promised him he would give him a child. So children, and land. I can stop there and preach to you, but for the sake of time, I just want you to, to note this, that when God makes a promise, he keeps his word. The book of Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man. He doesn't lie. It's not like you and me. He doesn't flip-flop. On issues. When he says something, he would do it. When he make a promise, God always make it good. Abraham waited for years and got to a point that he was not sure if God would fulfill his promise. He tried to go find a child through some other means. You all know the story. His servant Hagar he tried to make a baby with her, and it was a big mess. Uh, the, the young lady conceived and gave birth to a, a young man called Ishmael. And Ishmael is the father of all the uh, Arabians, all the Muslim countries in uh, Arab. So, but I don't want you to get lost in that. I just want you to know eventually God kept his promise. That's really what I want you to take note for now. So Abraham had a son whose name is Isaac. And then you know how generation come after the other. Abraham beget Isaac. And then Isaac had his own son called Jacob. And Jacob had 12 children. You probably have heard the term 12 tribes of Israel. So each of Jacob's children is a tribe in, in Israel. So all those 12 tribes combined 
formed the nation that we call Israel today. Now keep that historical context in mind. And you remember how they were made slaves in Egypt. And you remember how God eventually delivered them and led them to to Canaan, to what we call the promised land, again, just as God promised hundreds of years ago. My message to you up front is that God keeps his word. God keeps his promises. So if God tells you something, you can bank on it, my friend. So now they were in in the promised land. They formed a nation. And you probably remember after a while, they asked God to give them a king. And the first king they had was King Saul. And that worked out for a few years, and the brother messed up. And then the second king they have is David. Uh, David did the best he could. You know all of his story. He had his own problem. He he messed up somewhere along the way. He took somebody else's wife, and then he tried to cover up the story, and then he tried to kill the husband of that woman. Uh, It was a big mess. Then, of course, we have the next king called Solomon. And then you remember Solomon. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God blessed this man with all kinds of wisdom and knowledge and all kinds of riches and gold and silver. He was famous nationwide and worldwide. And then, of course, you remember he messed up too. The Bible records how he got into to all kinds of women. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. I mean, it just goes on and on. Things didn't work out. Then, of course, you see, notice that one person comes to the scene and then eventually is out of the picture and somebody else succeeds him. After Solomon, we have Rehoboam who is the son of Solomon. So you can see the transition. They start with Abraham. Abraham beget Isaac. Isaac beget Jacob. Jacob beget 12 children. Each of them becomes the tribes of Israel. And then the nation is formed. Eventually they needed a king. Then we start out with King Saul. Then after King Saul, we have King David. After King David, we have King Solomon. After King Solomon, we have Rehoboam, King Rehoboam. Then something messed up under this King Rehoboam because what happened is that the country split into two. So the nation of Israel with all those 12 tribes, they divided. They couldn't get along. I can stop there and preach. Do you know the number one problem of black folks today? Mm-hmm. They can't seem to get along. Yes, I say. <laughs> you know the brother is free. 
But I'm trying to tell you that the Bible is very, very relevant, is up to date. A lot of the problem you are seeing in Washington, D.C. today is right in the Word of God. A lot of what we're faced with in the state of Louisiana or any state, even down to little cities, down to families, is all spelled out in the Word of God. This nation of Israel, these are brothers and sisters looking to get, living together in peace. Twelve of them, twelve tribes. But because of clashes and animosity and lack of unity and disagreement, they split into two. So now we have what we call Northern Israel and Southern Israel. The northern Israel comprises of 10 tribes. Remember, there were 12 of them. So 10 of those brothers and all their families, they formed northern Israel. And the capital of their country is Samaria. Then, remember, the other two tribes left, they formed their own country down south. And their country is called Judah. And the capital of their own country is Jerusalem. So the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin form the country called Judah with the capital at Jerusalem. Now I'm sure by now you're going to be saying, okay, how does that help me to understand the book of Isaiah. I'm glad you asked. That's why the Lord gives you this kind of pastor that can go deep in things. Because what happened when Isaiah showed up as a preacher, as a, as a, as a, as a prophet, guess who he was really sent to? The folks in the nation of Judah. Now you see why I have to give you all those historical background to come to this part of the world called Judah, comprising the tribe of Judah and Benjamin with the capital in Jerusalem. By the way, let me put a little side note. Judah is very important to God because way back or oh, many, many years ago, when David was king, God made a promise to David that out of David's bloodline, he will raise up a Messiah that will save all of Israel. Remember what I told you earlier? God keeps his word. Now we're talking about hundreds of years later. Many generations have come and go, but God remembers his promise. He keeps good record. So I am not surprised that he raised up a prophet to speak to the nation of Israel, but more importantly, to the nation of Judah. That's 
where we begin the ministry and the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah is the son of Amos, his daddy's name. You know, like I'm Joshua, uh, my father's name is James. James Dara begets Joshua Dara, and Joshua Dara begets Joshua Dara Jr. You see how this thing goes? That's the same thing in the Bible. So Amos, Mr. Amos, is the father of Isaiah. And Isaiah was just like any other preacher in Israel. At this time that God raised Isaiah up, he was not the only show in town. There were many other preachers. But a lot of these preachers had become corrupt. Many of them were lying to the people. Many of them were not telling the truth concerning God. I can stop there and preach. Have you noticed that we have churches in every corner? Just about. Isn't it a shame that with all these churches all over the neighborhood, people are still struggling spiritually, emotionally, physically? You know why? Somebody is lying. Somebody is preaching when they're not even called. Somebody is making a heck of noise but not really teaching sound doctrine. Hey, don't turn me up. Somebody is giving up, sleeping at the wheels. So there were many preachers, but they were not doing what God asked them to do. I believe one of the problems we have as a society to, to today is too many phony preachers. I'm amazed, even with the evangelicals now, uh, white evangelicals, black evangelicals, and I love them. I'm, I'm honored to be serving as a man of God. But it amazes me how they get into so many mess and how they draw all kinds of conclusions, even the politicians they're supporting, even the issues they're supporting. I mean, say, for example, the evangelicals will, will say it's big deal. You don't do abortion. You don't kill babies. And thank God. I mean, it's not good to abort babies. But isn't it sad? If you are so concerned about the unborn, and then you, you, you look the other way when people who are born and living, when they are killed like, like chickens, or they are mistreated on the street, or the police abuse them, and you don't, that's no big deal. But you are hammering the, oh, the unborn, the unborn. Wouldn't it be nice if we as children of God just focus on right is right and wrong is wrong? Let that soak in. Isaiah chose to be different. Instead of just being a part of the cliques of his generation, he chose to be a man of God that will speak the truth. I hope and pray 
that someday when somebody will speak about me, that they can say, well, he probably a little cuckoo up there, but the man preached the truth. The man is anointed. He tells it like it is. That's what Isaiah was known for. And that was why God picked him to use him in a mighty way. Those of you who are ministers who are listening to me, let me encourage you. I always tell you, and I will still say the same thing. You don't have to kiss up to nobody. You do not have to be a part of any clique. Just be comfortable in your own skin. You do you, I do me. Let God use you and stand for righteousness, stand for holiness, stand for justice, preach the truth, teach the word of God. Let all, be, all men be liars. Let God be true in your life and in your ministry. Let people be able to look at you and your family and your children, your children's children, and say there's something about that man. There's something about that woman. There's something about that family. They may not even like you, but they have to respect you. That's the story of Isaiah. Isaiah stood up for righteousness to the point that even God noticed it. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't perfect. Neither am I. But he was striving for righteousness. And God noticed that. And that's why God called him. You know what happened to him? One day he was sleeping, just like you go to sleep. I go to sleep at night, you know. One day he was, was, he was sleeping and he had this dream. That's Isaiah chapter 6, by the way, if you want to read it. He had this dream. He saw the throne of God. Then he saw God himself seated on the throne. Then he saw all kinds of angels. And these angels have six wings. Many of them. Hundreds, thousands of angels. He looked around and said, whoa, what is going on up in here? Then he noticed that the angels, they were bowing down and singing holy and shouting holy, 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 holy. That's what he wrote when he said in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. He was describing what he saw in that dream. Some translations say it was a vision. Some say it was a dream. <coughs> Excuse me. It doesn't matter whether it's a dream or a vision. He saw God. Notice his reaction. He noticed something else. That as the angels were shouting, 
the poles of the building. The building began to move. Isn't that scary? Isaiah realized that he was not all that. Isaiah said, woe is me. I am undone. I need help. And the Bible says God sent an angel with a, a, a fork of fire to touch his tongue. <coughs> Excuse me. Isaiah thought he's going to be dead. Because what he was confronted with was so holy, so beautiful. He knew he's not qualified to be there. But instead of God killing him, that tongue of fire that touched his lips, God said, your lips are now clean. God said, all of your sins are now forgiven. And God told him, Hey, boo, I want to use you. That's how his whole ministry began anew. Then he began to prophesy. The whole book is credited to him. You can divide that whole book into three sections. How many did I say? Three sections. Chapter 1 through chapter 39 is section 1. Chapter 40 through chapter 55 is section 2. And chapter 56 through chapter 66 is section 3. In other words, the whole book is 66 chapters long. If you read it, you will enjoy. During the first section of that book, there was a foreign king that God used to correct Israel. The Assyrians is what they are called. During the second section of that book, there was another foreign country that God used to correct the Israelites, they are called the Babylonians. During the third section of that book, there was another foreign government that God used to correct Israel, to judge Israel. They are called the Persians. Now let me give you a picture of what's really going on. Isaiah began to preach now we're in this first section of that, that book. He began to preach to the people. You all need to stop all this nonsense. You are not serving God. You're not obeying God's command. You're doing your own thing. You don't go to church. You don't pray. You don't keep the commandments. And he just goes on and on. And of course, the people ignore him. By the way, I can stop there and preach to you do you know that's the problem we are facing this day? People really not paying attention to God. People really not praying. People really not serving God. People are so full of themselves. 
all kinds of injustice or injustice are in our land. We are mistreating one another as if there is no tomorrow. Just like them Israelites. So Isaiah began to prophesy. Said, Look, turn from your wicked ways. If you don't stop this mess, God's going to get you. So the first chapter 1 through chapter 39 was full of Isaiah just warning the people, warning the people, stop this mess. Don't provoke the wrath of God. Guess what? They just laughed at him. I can relate to Isaiah. So you'd be amazed how many people have laughed at me when I came to town. When I would preach and they would say, look at that African. He's crazy. But you know what? The truth is the truth. Isaiah warned these people, if you don't stop, this will lead to destruction. Because they would not listen. Because they were laughing. By the way, that's not unique to Isaiah alone. Every great man of God, every great woman of God go through that. Remember when Noah was building the ark? And he's telling the people it's fixing to rain. Repent, get in the ark so that you don't get consumed by the blood by the flood. Guess what the people did? They laughed. And for 100 years, Noah was preaching to them. They just look, look at crazy Noah. He's building an ark. There's not going to be any rain. This guy is nuts. But guess what? Eventually, it did rain. And eventually, only those who were in the ark were saved. So now we see the same thing. People are laughing at Isaiah. They say, look, get lost. Eventually, God got tired of their foolishness. And God allowed a foreign government, the, another nation called Assyria, to come in and beat on the, on the Jewish people. And guess who saved them? The same God that they've been loving at. There's a lesson there. You know how you and I be tripping and doing crazy things. The good news is that if we will come back to our senses, God is so loving. God is so merciful. Will you believe it? He will forgive you. He will save you. He will rescue you from your own self. You know how I know this? He's done that just for me. Ain't no shame in my game. Don't believe I've always been righteous and holy all the time. I wish I could go out and hang out with you sometimes. We get two-piece chicken, get diet coke. We got to at least show that we are dieters. And I can sit down with you and share with you how the Lord has brought me. You know what I'm trying to tell you now? One of the best things that can happen in your life 
is for you to recognize that you know all that, that you need God. And whatever you're doing wrong, just ask God to forgive you and give you another chance. I've had to do that. Not one time, not two times, not three times. The good news is that God is so loving. God is so kind, he will always forgive. He will recognize and honor a spirit of true repentance. Another group came. It's called Aram. A-R-A-M. They tried to oppress God's people. Again, God stepped in and rescued them. But when God rescued them, guess what God is expecting? True repentance. That you don't go back to the same old, same old behavior that you used to. That you don't go back to the same thing that got you in trouble to start with. And you would think that Israel would learn from their lessons. They didn't. They got in trouble. A ram came to destroy them. God, God rescued them. They got back on their feet. They start acting ugly again. Then this time, the Assyrians came to defeat them. Again, God steps in and rescues them. You would think, okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You would think they would learn by now. They still don't get it. They're back in their foolishness, their disrespectfulness to God, their failure to observe God's command. They won't go to church. They won't, they won't pray. They will not serve God. They will not obey the commandment, just like somebody I'm looking at right now. <laughs> so, guess what? God have to. At some point, God got fed up. So, he allowed another foreign country called the Babylonians. The Babylonians invaded them, conquered their land, destroy their temple and make them slaves. And now they found themselves in chains. These are God's people. Now you can see why, why Isaiah said, you know, it is a shame that dogs know their own owners. Even goats and camels know their own owners. He said, but my people don't know their God. Oh, I can preach that to you all day. You know the problem with our people? There was a time when our ancestors were in bondage in this very country. There was a time. I know this is not black history, man, but I tell the truth and shame the devil. And I thank God for those of you who are whites who are watching this program. The truth is just the truth. But isn't it frustrating to heaven to see how, how much God has done for us as a people, and yet many of us are still acting ugly? Many of us are still 
not serving God. Many of us really would not give God the praise, would not pray, would not do the right thing. Many of us don't even go to church. That's exactly what got the Israelites in captivity. They were locked up. They were dragged out in chain. This is what Isaiah predicted. This is what he warned them, but they won't listen. The amazing thing about God, though, is that Isaiah then began to to prophesy another thing. He began to prophesy hope. And I want to give somebody that same hope today. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how horrible your record is. Do you know that God is still looking out to welcome you back with his open arms? It blows my mind. I don't understand. But the truth is that God really, really loves you. The truth be told, God is really crazy about you. To the point that no matter how much you and I screw up, he's still waiting to receive us with his open arms. God in his divine provision, I'll tell you how he did it for Israel. He raised up another nation called Persia, and Persia went and defeated the Babylonians. So now that Persia is now the big dog, then Persia now literally owned the Israelites. And guess what Persia did? One day, he released, or they released the people of Israel. He said, look, go home. Go back to your country. Go build your country. You don't need to be slaves no more. We don't need you here. Guess what? God orchestrated that. Babylonians had no plan to, to release the Israelites. I can preach that all day. Do you know that many times God has bailed you out of trouble? If you only know so many things that could have killed you, if you only know how much trouble God has saved you from, even some things that you're not even aware of, some demons, some devil trying to knock you out in your sleep so you never wake up, but God rescue you. You'll be amazed how many of you have been sick and the Lord healed your body. You'll be amazed how many of you have been informed in automobile accident that you should have been destroyed and long dead, but you are still here by the grace of God. You'll be surprised how many people should have been locked up in jail. But guess what? You're still here free. You'll be amazed how many of you, many of us, who could have been lost our mind. But guess what? You're still alive. 
I am still alive, clothed in my right mind. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm trying to suggest to you? God is such a good God. He gave Israel another chance. So, but before it happened, Isaiah was able to prophesy. And in his prophecy, now we're talking about uh, Isaiah chapter 55 through chapter 66. He said to the people, they're now in captivity. They are now in Babylon, in chain. They are now slaves. But he said, keep hope alive. God loves you so much. And he's going to bring you out. God is going to birth a king who will come to your rescue. Remember, he started to talk about that message of hope beginning from chapter 9. He talks about unto us a child is given. Unto us, unto us a son is given. A child is born, a son is given. The government will be, be upon his soldiers. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting father. He just, he just laid it out. Man, that brother Isaiah, if there's one thing you can see about him, is the accuracy of his prophecy. So when he prophesied to Israel, you don't go, you don't, you don't, you don't obey God, God's gonna get you. He was right on time. Touchdown. When he told the people, if you don't repent and turn from your sins, God will raise up a foreign country to come and destroy and steal from you. He was touched down. Then when he prophesied a message of hope, even when they're in captivity, he said, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't lose hope. God's going to raise somebody, a Messiah, that will come and rescue you. Again, touchdown. Just like he said it, it came to pass. You know one thing I really love? Those of you who are preacher, the book of Isaiah is a must read for you. You know why I say that? You know some people, they call themselves prophets. They be prophesying, but they talk around in circles. They're never specific. One thing I love about Isaiah he is notoriously surgical. He's notoriously specific. You don't have to guess about what he's saying. He said a Messiah shall be born. It was so. He even gave us the name of that Messiah. He said his name shall be called Emmanuel. Guess what? When Jesus was born, guess what they called him? Emmanuel. I mean, this was hundreds of year before Jesus. That's when you know somebody is truly a man of God. When they say something and it happened just like they said it. He described Jesus in his prophecies in three ways. First, he described him as a king. Then he described Jesus 
as what he called a servant. Then he described Jesus as a conqueror. Some people get confused, saying, huh, maybe he's talking about three different people. But the more you study that book, the more you realize he's talking about the same person. And Jesus, sure enough, was a king. Jesus, sure enough, was a servant. And Jesus, sure enough, was a conqueror. I wish I had time. I can prove to you that Jesus fits the, the bill on all ground. And then you see all the poetic description that Isaiah did concerning how can a king be a servant? That's when he rose in chapter 53. He said, as a servant, he was wounded for a transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. See, you don't bruise a king. You bruise a servant. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. In other words, this Messiah that is coming, he will be beaten up. He will be killed. I mean, isn't it amazing that this prophet saw that coming years and years and years, hundreds of years ahead of time? Wow. You talk about a man of God. That's a man of God. And then he prophesied a happy ending that the Messiah will come and the Messiah will rescue his people and that not only will he rescue his people, he will make the, the gospel known to the whole world. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did? What is the message? Number one, if you are in ministry, tell the truth. Tell it like God give it to you. Number two, every one of us, we are a type of Israel. There is no wisdom going through life and then today you are in bondage and tomorrow we, God bring you out and then you go back in bondage and you are going in and out. Make up your mind today to serve God. Let God know that for, you, for him, you will live. For him, you will die. And number three, if you're a man of God, be the kind of man that speaks the truth, that speaks righteousness, that stand up for what is right. Number three, uh, number four, if you, are, if you are here today and there is sickness in your body, please allow Jesus' strike to heal you. Yes, by his strike, you are healed right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to get used to being sick. You don't have to allow sicknesses and disease to habitate in your body 
or to live permanently in your house. Why? Because by his stripe you are healed. I hope and pray that you've been touched by the ministry of prophet Isaiah. I hope and pray that God is healing your body right now. If you need prayer, there's a number under the screen. Call that number. Ask somebody to pray with you. That's what this church is all about. Thank you for watching today. And may God bless you till we meet again.